Oh, some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 105, Football Played on Paper podcast. Stack show today. Uh, Jude Bellingham throws a referee under the bus. Um, ASM, he's not happy on social media. We've got a full wrap of the Premier League. And so all the Ranyuk uh, lovers are already on board about how they, he's completely fixed Manchester United. So looking forward to that chat. Um, Champions League and we're into um, Jobber's mailbag as well. So, yeah, stack show, but uh, full panel as well, which is unusual for this pod more recently, <laughs> recent times. Been a lot of uh, absentees for various different reasons. We, we won't get into those, um, but we will start with saying hello to Jobber. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate, great. Um, I'm driving the Randnick bus now. Um, Fred's world class. Life is good. <laughs> Gee, big week for Fred. Um, he was out the club. Everyone hates him. Um Four days later, golden boy. So let's hope you can turn your fortunes around like that on this pod too. Um, Barney's here with us. How are you, Barn? How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Still uh, COVID negative, so remaining positive about that. Okay. I wouldn't say a spicy cough, more of a mild to medium at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a lemon pepper cough at the moment. <laughs> and Halsey, looking smug for a little bit on top of the table until uh, the city slickers got in front of you. Yeah, no, nah, it's good, good, good to get uh, another win uh, late and uh, go to top. And yeah, no, I had a little bit of a celebration at home by myself. I knew knew Man City'd go above us, but you got to enjoy the little wins. And uh, a bit sad to see United get up. So it's it a hot and cold <laughs> weekend, that's for sure. What What did you make of um, Kloppo's comments where he was like, "I hope um, Arigi finds himself a manager who plays him more than I do." And I'm like, I know. I'm like but two things went through my head. One, you can change that clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And two, have you just tried to sell him? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of a win-win. Either one of the other boys up top gets a bit old and we can slot him in, maybe in a more permanent role. Or, yeah, he's, he's, he's put him up for sale and uh, come grab him. Oh, what do you, you, you realize that Origi ages at the same rate as the other three. Yeah, but he started like younger. Like they don't get older faster than he no, does he just because he's on younger. the bench. What about your earlier comments about dog years and salad though, Job? You're discounting those now. Good thing he's a good-looking bastard. Barney, take us there, mate. This is getting off track already. Take us through the weekly happenings, mate. All right, all right, let's see this ship right. So we're going to start off over in Germany in the Bundesliga and like Sean O said, Jude Bellingham has been throwing some wild accusations in the uh, after the game. So they had the big uh, De Classica, I believe it's called, over in Germany on the weekend, Bayern versus Dortmund. And it was a good game, but uh, unfortunately Dortmund couldn't get the win. Uh, lost 3-2 with some pretty controversial calls in there. There was probably a Dortmund penalty that should have been given, which it wasn't. And then there was a Bayern penalty that was given uh, against Mats Hummels on a handball, which he wasn't even looking at the ball. Uh, So that was controversial. But he's basically come out and said that uh, you give a referee that has, you know, match fixed before the biggest game in Germany, what do you expect? So some wild accusations there. I think it's funny that these type of accusations and these type of comments come out after – um, he feels as though or anyone feels as though they're on the wrong side of the result. No one ever like wins and then goes, oh, we got lucky there. But just so you know, this referee isn't my favorite referee. Like they always seem to come out later. Um, so that's interesting to note from Jude. But I, I think he's going to catch a big, big fine um, for, for this. There's no doubt that the Bundesliga will crack down on this. And he is looking at, oh, yeah, what, 100 grand wages for this? Oh, really? You can't that's say a, that. That's he's a, that's a, a Manchester fine. United... 17th players salary for a week. Yeah, um, you scored. I, but yeah, I, wages. I, I feel. Oh, you're not getting. You're not getting anywhere near Fred's wages. Um, I think it's important to uh, draw a line here, Barney. It's not an accusation. So this referee has been involved in match fixing in the past. So that's like Jude Billingham hasn't just made that up. Like I, I don't know how the referee is allowed to still referee, but 
yeah, yeah. but it was it was back in two thousand and four and five season, so it's like doesn't even exist anymore, uh, mate. That, that, it's, yeah. it's past 2010, 2010. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Time, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did he serve so, time though? Yeah, so <laughs> no, he got banned for six, he got banned for six months and fined three hundred euros, I believe. Oh no, sorry, he was just banned for six months, but he he he. Uh, bribe he accepted was only 300 euros. Yeah. So, so not worth it. Hey, that's what, that's what we're called yeah. just a speeding fine, mate. You just pay that and keep it moving. <laughs> it's that's a just bung. a tax on the earnings. <laughs> it's a bung. Yeah, they bung that in his pocket. Yeah, but he, he's pocket. Been, he has been considered rehabilitated since then, so that's why he's back refereeing what and it's, it's all well and good. Oh, I'm not convinced <laughs> at all. I, I don't mind this from, from Judah. Like I know you said, Sean, yeah, obviously he wouldn't say this if they won. It's like one of those things that, the buy-in plays in the change rooms would be saying to each other a little bit like joking like oh fuck like you know we got lucky there but you never say it publicly but when you lose you just come out and you just start throwing shit which is fair enough it's uh you, it, you just get more credibility though if you say it in another at another time do you know what i mean yeah, like true, if you genuinely true. felt that way why wouldn't you say it when you know much and gladback were at home to shelka and he's reffing that yeah. game I mean, maybe next time he has that ref, if they win, he might he might make the same comment and be like, I'm sick of getting this fucking cheating ref. But uh, I think yeah. uh, he's oh, point. I fucking pay him. more. Just yeah. fucking pay more, dude. You wouldn't have to worry about it, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so he had a point, though. It actually pretty. I go. He's actually had a criminal complaint against him for insult and defamation. He's put, put against him. I think it was filed by the, uh, From by the, the like, uh, fourth referee as well. Oh, that's what a fourth yeah. referee would do. <laughs> against Jude or against the ref? Against Jude. Against Jude, yeah. So like Both. from what Jude said. Both. Jude just throws a lawsuit back in his face. <laughs> so you deal with it, right? Alrighty. Let's get let's get uh back on track here and let's move back over to good old England, where Alan said Maxman has been taking lives on social media. So there was a uh a nice picture put up by the Newcastle Twitter, you know, picture of uh, Sir Maximin and Callum Wilson running around the ground after uh, after cel- like celebrating the goal they scored in their 1-0 win over Burnley. Also, first win of the season for Newcastle. Well done. Uh, and someone immediately commented and said, doing a lap of honour after scraping a win against Burnley. So cringy. And then ASM just hit him straight back and said, okay, but still not as cringy as your profile picture though. This shirt fronted him online. Well, I, I absolutely love petty millionaires, and uh, and um, yeah, money spent on this type of things is hardly an expense. A great man once said. <laughs> yeah, I guess you but, can really relate, can't you, Sean? It's a petty millionaire yourself. Just trying to make ends meet, mate. It'd be you'd be sitting there in like. Uh, your, your bedroom after the game winding down, just browsing, and you'd see that, and you'd you'd feel a bit, you'd like someone's trying to bring you down a bit. You you would just lash out a bit, wouldn't you? You'd have to lash that. out. I mean, yeah. I imagine what just, he, he just reached over, rang the bell, the butler come over, got the phone oh, off the platter, and he's like, you know, take it, take a note, spoke into the phone, and then spoke it, ran it down to the media manager. Media manager responds. I mean, you just can't let that go. Yeah, I love the idea that ASM's just sitting at home at night scrolling through his Facebook and then he's like, oh, fuck this hoe. <laughs> I'm going to get him straight up. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I'm going to wreck this kid. I love that he's as petty as I am. Like, and he's a professional footballer. It's relatable. Yeah. So good. So one of the top comments on the post as well is uh, Alan Savage Maximum, which I think is now going to be nice. his permanent new, nick- new nickname. So it's quite appropriate. All right, and the last one we got on the uh, order here is uh, Job is going to take us through some toe sucking, I believe, <laughs> techniques or <laughs> that, something that happened. That experience. <laughs> that description was odd, Sam. No, so um, Liam Mandeville scored for Chesterfield against Salford, who are owned by Paul Skulls, and then the Chesterfield boys, in all their humour, um, got together to perform a toe sucking celebration on the pitch. Very funny stuff indeed from the Chesterfield boys. So did they um, end up winning the game to Chesterfield? To be honest, I didn't check the result. I got all I needed oh, out of this. <laughs> could, no, because I was going to say that's like such a fantastic, great banter and like a fantastic celebration. But you've also got to top it off with the win. So then there's no like like clap back from, from the Salford City boys. Because if you end up losing 3-1 or something, then it's like, ah, it doesn't really, it's kind of the points mute. But if you ah, get the you, result you too, made, that's You fantastic. made a headline. That's what you want. Yeah, True. Enough of a headline to not look at the result, I guess. 
All right. Enough on toes. Let's move into the games for the weekend that we're on. And we'll start at West Ham 3, Chelsea 2. And a bit of an upset here in the London derby. But honestly, from some of the previous performances from Chelsea, I think we could see this one coming, couldn't we, Sean? Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what it, what it was going through my head when uh, when Chelsea dropped points this game. Like, yes, it's a bit of a shock. Um, and if you look at the odds and stuff, Chelsea were, were favourites to win this. But I think you saw you saw this coming, right? Because they were stumbling in the weeks before, but sort of getting through games and, and winning. And some people were sort of putting that down. Oh, you know, maybe that's title winning um, stuff, playing badly and still winning. But uh, yeah, they've eventually slipped up. But it was a decent game for the neutral, plenty of goals. And um, one of my friends thought that Mason Mount's volley in particular was uh, top, top <laughs> draw. So How top draw specifically? Like, like specifically I, all the way to the top. I just so, want to yeah, like, revisit this quickly, Sean. So it wasn't even the best goal this weekend now after Lucas Moira's effort last night. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, he struck that right. wrong. And Fred, wrong obviously Fred's strike as well gets up no, there. No, you're, you're um, still wrong. But, greatest goal ever. <laughs> but, boys, I want to I want to quickly touch on a moment that I like. So, you know I like the dark arts of football. So, Rhys James has been the golden boy of English football for some weeks now, and I think he's, like, he's slightly overrated, but then he gets, like, dramatically overrated some weeks when people are talking about him. They're like, he's the palais of right backs. Um, and he was getting in... Lanzini's grill before the penalty and Lanzini slots the penalty home. Nice penalty too. And then absolutely gives Reese James the biggins. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's that's the beautiful that. part of the sport. You call it the dark arts, but that's that's the that's the nitty gritty and the stuff we like to see. We we witnessed a bit of that in a local match over the weekend, and that was that was the main reason I went to that match with you. So uh to see that in a professional setting is is what you like to see, I think. It's the dark arts, but let's bring it to the light, I say. Yeah, and what about what about the performance of um, Edward Mendy? Um, are, we, are we all still saying he's the best keeper in the world, or did he drop never so far it. down after one week that you know the worst pretty, keeper in the league? Pretty, pretty stiff considering the first one. It, it was uh, uh, Jorginho putting him under ridiculous Leather amount of pressure when he didn't oh. need to. <laughs> Yeah. Why are you taking him on? You we, know, we, know, we know, <laughs> we know, we know, that, we know that players don't do that, but it's it's just, but it's like that was. I, I put that one on Jorginho. The second and the the third goal, I'd be like, eh, it's like deflection. I'm not saying he's the best keeper in the world, but I'm saying it's no point jumping on him and saying he's he, he's had a shocker of a game. I sucks. Like, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but I think like Jorginho's had two howlers in the in the last yeah. couple of weeks, and he's yeah. captain, which, which is well, unusual man. for him. Like he's normally someone you can really rely on, especially with his passing. But um, yeah, no good. I would do, not do be happy think, if I was Mendy. Do you think people got a bit overexcited during the course of the last? 10 months, say, around Jorginho and how good he is? Because he's gone from being terrible, like to being like, well, he's not in Frank Lampard's team, to being over, almost like overrated to the point where you're like, oh, he's the best player, he's going to win the Ballon d'Or type or top couple, to he's actually a really good footballer, but then he makes mistakes as well. Yeah, but I think, but I think that's what's changed like in the Messi-Ronaldo era. So like pre their era, people come through and there was very much cycles of who was best in the world. Like you'd only be best in the world for, you know, six months, 12 months, 18 months type thing. And I think what's what those two players have done, have done in particular is just like they've been great for so long. So like I think, yeah, once upon a time it would have been fair enough to call um, Jorginho the best player in the world at that moment. But I think we've our lenses have just been so like smashed apart by the length of quality from those type of players where, yeah, we come back to these, um, you know, second tier players, and they are going to come in and out of form. So yeah, bit of a rough patch for form, but not even the form, I suppose. It is just two mistakes. So you know, it in is isolation. just too high, too high, high profile, profile mistakes. That's a drama. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, it's the same with the goalkeepers. Like Allison will make a mistake again this season, but he's not a bad goalkeeper. Mm. Like he's going to save no. you ninety nine times out of hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what but, do we think <laughs> of? What do we think of uh, Lukaku not starting, even though he was um, deemed fit and and come on at half time? And another one is, who's I want to talk about on the Chelsea side getting selected a lot is um, Ruben Loftus Cheek. He's pretty much in the yeah. team full time now. Yeah, I thought when he first came in that it was like for you know a bit of squad rotation and you know get him in, get a run this week, uh, and then he yeah he's just stayed in. So maybe coach is starting to favour him a bit more. But I, I always was a decent like I was a bit of a fan of his, but. Um, this week wasn't great for him, I don't think. 
The squad's just so massive, Chelsea's squad. It is, yeah. It's so I, deep. But, I watched that um, that Gary Neville interview with Frank, and Frank was saying, oh, if I could have my time again, one thing I'd do is have a much, much smaller squad. He said it was an absolute nightmare trying to keep all those players busy. Yeah, but if you look, if you look at, like, it's probably one of the testaments of uh, Tommy Tuke's, like, uh, reign at Chelsea. And, pro- like, I mean, you see it in the really good managers. But, like... He's been managed. He's managed to get a turn out of like every single one of those players. Like he's even had Ross Barkley in the team, and he's been getting good good performances out of him. And then he's out for like eight weeks, and then he'll come back in for two. And like Loftus Cheek hasn't been in that much. Then he comes back. He comes in for a month, and he's good. And he's probably out the squad again. Like he's getting a lot out of every single like player in that squad. And yeah, it's a it's an extremely deep squad, but he still manages to fit everyone in and get good performances out of them, even though they're not playing regularly, which is what you'd expect mm. they need. Barney, I, I agree with your point, but I, I want to move on to the Hammers. And I think in the last couple of weeks, so they got it absolutely right against Liverpool. And I think there were moments of class from Chelsea throughout this game where you're like, oh, they're very good. But I felt like the Hammers just absorbed the pressure so well for long periods. Like Chelsea were threatening, but they weren't as threatening as they like could have been or have been in other weeks. And then the Hammers just picked them off like when they had chances. Like granted the goal was a bit lucky, but um I thought they were like they were good for the win overall. Yeah, I think this um performance from West Ham, if you compare it to like another high profile scalp they got with Liverpool, I think they're oh, even better. There it is. Uh, second on the ladder, mate. So that they were even better this time. Like you said, it was like a similar formula. Obviously it's their formula, but it was yeah, it was like they've almost perfected it sort of thing. And and then on top of that, yeah, there was a bit of luck. And then, you know, like with the goal was a bit of a cheap goal with the first one and, and stuff like that. So um, to 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 get those obviously is, is one thing, but yeah, then to keep Chelsea to, to a couple as well. Um, yeah, I thought they were even better this time than they were against Liverpool for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they were probably worth the points in, in the end. Um, but how for the last few weeks, or not even the last few weeks, let's say six months, everyone has been jumping on Declan Rice and telling everyone how great he is. Not me. Um, not which I, I think, yeah, I think us on this pod were pretty much grounded on him where he, we had him, you know, pegged at the right level where um, where he was. But I think for this game, he's starting to turn me to say, or oh, I think he is actually, you know, next level. The, the shift that he put in in that midfield was just unbelievable. And then on the 70th minute, um, he went into um, centre-back when uh, Zuma come off as well and did an absolute shift there. And especially when Chelsea were coming at them late, um, yeah, I just thought he was unreal. Work rate was unbelievable. Stayed calm and and got it done for the Hammers. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I think um, they were better this time than they were against Liverpool because against Liverpool, he kind of got a bit – he got beaten in the midfield probably a bit um, and, and got a bit lost there. But this time, yeah, he was that presence and sort of won that battle, which just like changed like West Ham's, the whole attitude of the rest of the team, I think. So yeah, definitely. I wouldn't like not, I wouldn't use the term next level, but he's, he's like, he's a, he's a top player, top notch player now. Definitely. It, his growth over the past two seasons has been probably what is really like, he's not yeah, a yeah. world-class player yet, but like he's, it's probably just his growth that people are getting so hyped about and what they've yeah. seen. Cause like, it wasn't that long ago. I remember he was coming into the team next to Mark Noble and he was like a, a prospect, but he was very raw and he was making mistakes. And now he's like, seems very assured of himself, very confident and like pretty much leads this team. I think he is the captain. Um, and yeah, he really is like the heartbeat of that team, a team that's like, having a lot of success as well. Yeah, so I think we we had him as a top player, but now I think he's moved into a top, top player, um, but everyone still has him as a top, top, top player. So he's just, yeah, probably in that middle What's bracket. after that? Um, and he, he well, class, I suppose, but he did have the turnover for the Mason Mount goal just to bring yeah. things back into perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's still very good, but I also think that team is set up to suit his attributes as well. Um, if Hence he's lost him. one top, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you've got a, a scale there. But the Hammers have now beaten Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Tottenham this year or this season. Sorry, why so you put Man United list? Because uh, I, I think they're going to finish fourth. So <laughs> yeah, jump yeah. on board, boys. We'll get to Fred. Don't you worry. We'll get to Fred. <laughs> yeah, oh, we will. Le- Leicester City are on the list too, but I was like, everyone's beaten Leicester City now. <laughs> Um, so right. Hammers, Hammers stay in fourth position and Chelsea slipped down to third. So they may not even be the best team in London by the end of the season. That's that's crazy. Crazy talk. All right. 
Let's get on to the next game here. And we've got Liverpool 1 beating Wolves 0. And it was a late, late, late goal from Divock Origi again that got them the win, Josh. Yeah, Jobba, I sort of got your thoughts on this, but I want to get uh, Barney and, and Shawno's thoughts on it too. From a neutral perspective, was the game entertaining enough? Or I know I would say after the hour mark, I would imagine it would have been, but what about before? Like, did you guys like it? It was a bit bit frustrating from my perspective, but what did you think? No, I, I thought I thought it was entertaining. The, I think the, the golf in the teams was evident. I think um, mm. Wolves gave them a little bit of an arm wrestle in the end, but... Over the course of the match, that Wolves got absolutely battered, and the only reason that this wasn't another four-one, four-nil like Liverpool have been producing um, is because of the chances. But I mean, yeah. when the goal came, it wasn't like yeah. I, I th- for me, I, I'm a neutral, so I, I don't mind. But I feel as though for Liverpool fans and players, it was a relief. It wasn't like an excitement. Oh, look yeah. how we, we've scored so late. How good's this? It's a oh, thank fuck, we didn't drop yeah. points here because the, yeah, they battered them. Yeah, so the other interesting thing that really added to this too, at the start of the match, one of the commentators mentioned how at this stage last season, Liverpool were on top of the ladder with the same number of points and that's the turn, that's the part of the season when things went wrong for Liverpool. We got some injuries and the results really dropped off and so and this and this match was very reminiscent of all the performances mm. from that part of the season. So watching this, I'm like, oh shit, it's happening again. Like we're not scoring, like we just can't finish and then the, the, that Jota miss on the hour mark. Oh my word! Do you guys news, have anything? Good news is, um, Halsey, that you will get weaker in January. Um, so we're all sort of hanging around for that post Christmas period when Salah and Mane go to the African Cup of Nations, and I have that little tournament that you got. Yeah, that tiny tournament that you we talk about, John. Yeah, a um, couple of important moments here was the Josh, oh, here Jota miss. Um, yep. Hilarious! Oh, that was bad. That Six was yards so bad. Smacks Connor Cody. Like, yeah. Um, Roman says, I think, had a pretty bad miss in there as well. And um, the other one was uh, Adama Traore just bitching Van Dyke in the corner. Like, you don't, you know that stat where it's like, oh, Van Dyke hasn't been dribbled past? Don't worry about it. Just push him out of the way and go past him. Well, the thing is that, yeah, it was weird because it looked like Van Dyke was trying to do a bit of a power play on Traore to flick it around him and, and you know, knocks him in the corner. <laughs> not in re- he not got the reversal out. and I'm like, oh, shit. No, no. Because he, he beat him to it and muscled him off. And then he's like, I'm like, just clear it. You've won this battle. Get rid of it. And he, nah, he's, he's walked back but into it. The other important thing um, for me in this one, Halsey, was just how brave Klopp is as a manager. Like I know oh, I yeah. said to you yesterday, but in like similar positions, other managers be like, it's nil all. We're 60 minutes in. Oh, you know, we're on top. We can sort of wait for the goal. But he's like, you know what, get Henderson out of there. We'll chuck the four strikers on. I was looking at it and I was like, has he got four strikers on out there? He's just like, well, if Wolves are going to sort of sit back, I'm going to push everyone forward. Like the wingbacks went even higher. He's like, if a trower is going to get behind, I'll take that because we're just going to go for it. I thought it was so brave. Yeah, I think it's brave, but I also think what drives that is their their goals are different than sort of what 90% of teams out there as well, right? So mm. like just from a, a Leicester fan who um, I think – when you see games like this, you think, oh, yeah, it's bubbling along. Okay, we might be able to get something here or pinch something late. Whereas Liverpool's goals are to win the league. And to win the league in this environment, especially the last few years, I mean, you, you need, you know, high 90s points really to, to win the league. So I think with that in mind, yes, it's brave, but it also it aligns with the goals. They're trying to win the league with, you know, 95 points and you, yeah, you, I'm, can't, I'm you with, can't cop a draw. I'm with you on that, Sean. They're arrogant yeah. twats. <laughs> no, it's, it's two things there too, I think. So, yeah, like you said, Sean, the the style that way, like Liverpool do score too, they kind of need to throw a lot at it and they, they get like, you know, 5% of their chances and score four goals from like 30 shots. Um, so they sort of like just got to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And then um, the other thing I mentioned to you, Jobber, was how at that stage too, when he did that move, no one had from Liverpool a yellow card yet. So they had that, that safety net of uh, Fabinho and Thiago and I think even someone else got a yellow card bringing down Traore. And um, so they they had that safety net of you know we can take him down if we need to and so Andy it's Roberts. less of a threat. Did he as well? Yeah, yeah he's, he's a cheat. I don't even know if that was on was it Traore or just another. Well, they're else? your only two yellow cards for Binho and Robinson, so I presume so. Oh, I thought Thiago got one because there was one in the middle of the field where uh, Traore got the ball and they forced him back and he started he was heading back towards his own goal and got a little clip from Thiago and went down and threw his hands up in the air like he'd just been fouled on the goal line of scoring the World Cup winner. He basically, like, he basically has made If he's within 50 yards of the goal, he's two he's, seconds from a chance. 
He's so dramatic, though. It's ridiculous. He's so anyway, massive. Two seconds from missing on. a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do they still, do they still uh, oil him up before the game? Yep. Does it himself? I would. Oh, I love what I love that. So mm. good to watch. Why do you guys do that, Job? Hard <laughs> <laughs> <Have> a grab. <laughs> Yeah, so great win for uh, Liverpool at the death there. Uh, title, title winning stuff that is, and that will take them into second, moving above Chelsea after that loss, and uh, just below City. So we'll move on to the uh, the City boys, and they had a blistering win against Watford. And was that the best half of football this season, Jabba? The first half. Wait, are we talking about City Watford or Manchester United's first half against Crystal Palace? Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, we'll get there. <laughs> Jesus. It was um, 10 minutes Manchester. Well, half. No, <laughs> no, they absolutely battered them in the first half. And the only surprise was it was only 2-0. Um, but like just when they're, when they're on City, like they're just an absolute delight to watch. And the other thing that's so impressive is that like in this team, you still have off the bench, you could have had De Bruyne, you could have had Jesus, you could have had Mahrez, you could have had Fernandinho. Like they've just got so much depth and anyone that goes in there just immediately becomes world-class. Yeah. They're, and they've been, they just, they're playing like robots. Sorry, Hoss. They're playing like <laughs> robots. We said that last week. They're playing like absolute robots and they just job like, one out, one in, nothing changes. The system's the same and all the players are real similar and just like, you know what I mean? When managers are like, oh, if I take him out, will it change the dynamic or whatever? You don't have to with this team. They're just all, yeah, like robots is the best way to describe them and they will win the league. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't say it's out of the question at all. Um, I think it's sort of like they've been scoring a lot of different goals this year than they normally do. Like, you know, they love that, get in behind, down the wing, and then, you know, do that little cutback and Sterling will tap on in. Um, they've still got that in the Arsenal, but some of the opponents sort of, when they sort of figure that out, they've been belting them in for 40 yards and stuff like that. Like, don't worry about it if you figured out plan, plan A. We've got a B and C, and we can do that just as robotically. And like... Yeah, so it's it's kind of scary when they've got so many different options and you can't stop all of them. If you look at like uh, Watford last week, only lost to Chelsea 2-1 and Chelsea just scraped through with that win. I think we're all pretty much in agreement on that. And then Man City come up against them and just absolutely destroy Watford and they're at sixes and sevens in the back line. Danny Rose doesn't know which way to look. Like it's shambolic back there and you, you almost just like it's impressive again at sort of where they even are at this point compared to Chelsea. Like they're mm, yeah. absolutely tearing apart a team that they just beat last week. So that was another really impressive point for me. And also just how easy does football look for Bernardo Silva at the moment? He just looks oh, on yeah. a different level than everyone else. He was, He's world class. He was like, he that third goal was just so good. He's like demanding the ball comes to him. He takes like three touches, opens up like 10 yards of space and just puts it top corner. Oh. Apparently, this um, at the start of this year, he was like agitating for a move, thinking, "Oh, I need a new yeah. challenge." And then Man City convinced him to stay. And I think they're looking at that decision like, "Wow, that's one of the best decisions <laughs> we've made." He's absolutely blitzing it. Yeah, unreal. He's he's uh, he's looking so good this season. Alrighty, we'll better move on to those red boys. Jobber's about to buddy jump out of his seat. Look at him; he's ripped the sleeves off his shirt. He can't <laughs> wait to talk about them. Manchester United won, Crystal Palace nil, and it was good at United to put in like 10 minutes of good football for once in a game, Jabba. No, Halsey, you go first, mate. What have you, what have you got? What? Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to boys? jump in and add some perspective to this before you go on a rant. Um, it was a 1-0 win against a Crystal Palace team that's uh, sitting 13th in the league. Granted, that was about three spots below you guys at the start of the match, but... <laughs> Just to put it into perspective before you, you call uh, Ranyak the new Jesus Christ and, and Lord our Saviour, but uh, now you can go. Uh, thank you. So um, Ralph Ranyak became the sixth German manager to manage in the Premier League and the first German to win in his first game in charge in the competition. That is a record that Jurgen Klopp does not hold and will never oh, hold. Um, we didn't ask for a German history lesson. So, <laughs> so the man's a genius. No, look, it was a, it was a good display from Manchester United. Um, Significant change in formation where he had this 4-2-2-2 formation going and he played Jaden Sancho and Bruno Fernandes as like two tens basically with Rashford up front with Ronaldo. And it looked really good. Manchester United looked very comfortable in the first half. I don't think Palace mustered a shot before halftime, to be honest. Um, but it was definitely a much improved display. The only thing missing, which you saw from the case, is a goal. 
and we found one through an unlikely source um, in Fred. But um, Ranjik spoke really highly of Fred and McTominay's performance, but I wouldn't be getting carried away just yet, Halsey. It was just Crystal Palace, but a much improved display. <laughs> and most surprisingly of all, it was a clean sheet as well. Oh, well, I think that's one thing which... I don't know. I'm glad you are grounded at the moment, Joel, but at the same time, I wish you were really hyped up because I, it's you hard. See, it's really you, hard. You see Why these, are you standing up? You see, and put your pants on. Hell. Um, you see these performances every now and then from um, Man United, right? Where they'll, you know, keep a clean sheet and they, they'll, um, you know, one piece of Bruins will win them the game. But that doesn't mean that everything's okay. I think it's just obviously way too early to jump to that, which I like. Obviously, if you're on social media and those type of places, that's where that's the type of comments that are coming through. But um, yeah, I just think that not everything's still not okay. There were still like huge gaps and problems um, within that team, especially uh, defensively. So yeah, it's a long way to go for United fans, but I did, you can at least you can understand and see what he was trying to do, even if it wasn't fully executed at this stage. Yeah, that was to be honest. That first like fifteen minutes, I think, where they were really hot on that that press and stuff like that. I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, they actually look good. And they look like, I'm like, they're playing like kind of similar to obviously like a bit of a Liverpool and stuff like that, like winning the ball back in that short amount of time. And I'm like, fuck. And then obviously the talent they have in their squad and stuff. I'm like, this could be, this could be tough. Like if they keep this up and improve on this for the rest of the season. So I was a little bit concerned about that. Um, and to be fair, the result could have been, you know, three or four to, to United, especially in that first half. I think obviously the boys fatigued a bit with, that higher intensity of match, which is understandable. They're probably not as fit as some other teams, but once that comes, um, it could, could be a pretty scary prospect for, for some of their opponents. Yeah. But do you not also think that like very much like Arsenal, they're like one bad result against a bad team away from crumbling again and going back to ground that's, zero. That's the oh, concern, yeah. Sam, but that's, you know, yeah. I hope so. Like you always bring that negativity, don't you? Holsey, just on your point before, um, <laughs> Jurgen Klopp is a disciple of Ranić's style. So like that, yeah, that will be replicated. But Sam, you're right. It is like, and we got carried away with Arsenal when they were shit. We were carried away with Arsenal when they were good. And now we're just like taper it in a bit. Like it's a win against Crystal Palace. Good week this week because Champions League mentioned I've already qualified to. All those players can have a rest from that heavy press that they would never have done previously. Um, and just keep building. Like, be realistic. If you can be in the mix for top four by Christmas, awesome. And then we'll push on with our biggest squad post-Christmas. And fourth at this point would be a really good outcome. I will say that, um, like Sean, I touched on, I'm not convinced on you guys defensively still, obviously. And like you can high press and win the ball back and then you have a lot more possession and and that sort of mentality. Um, but I think when teams do attack, it's still that vulnerability. I Like I said to you yesterday, and I probably said it a couple of times, I don't think Harry Maguire is always like chopped up to be and and same with fred obviously still you know we got a he scored a goal with his right foot wasn't as good as mason mount you know i think um yeah we still gotta yeah keep keep expectations in check uh, especially if you're a liverpool sport and you hate those dogs do you not think that fred will fit Randnick's system well though. I said do. that last yeah. week. I really yeah. do. I said that last week, I, Barney. Said it last week. I wasn't Call here. Me I, couldn't if we touch, I couldn't remember but if we touched he, on it or, he or not. Should. Yeah. He yeah, should. He fit should fit in that system. And it's just, I don't think the problem's ever been like his intensity and application, which I think with everyone doing it might cover up for his mistakes a little bit because he can get back in and win the ball. It's just his passing sometimes can be quite yeah. poor, which you don't want from someone who's in such a critical position. Yeah, I, I mentioned that last week. I said that uh, I think Fred and McTominay will fit right into his system and he'll love them. And sure enough, straight after the game, he, he mentioned, called those two players out. So, but yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a, an amazing observation. That was like pretty obvious, right? If you if you saw his style or read anything uh, about him, really, you could just pick out the players in Manchester United squad that was going to suit him. And now you just need to stack some like quality around those type of players um, and they'll be just fine. Well, I think the quality's there. Like oh, the, yeah. qual- the quality's there, but it's just yeah. it was just so unstructured. But like he's got the same two players, but he's like, this is your actual role. Play yeah. your role, and you'll be fine. But and yeah. but I think for like from from seeing stuff and reading stuff uh, online, I think like Manchester United are like, oh, McTominay's not good enough. Fred's not good enough. We need to buy a new centre midfield. I was like, well, you don't. You've probably spent enough money. You've probably got enough well-rounded squad to this point. You need <laughs> you need to more. get you need to get like, but you need players like that who are like functional and going to do a role and play a role. So then, you know, Ronaldo can just go ahead and be Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? And and Sancho can go ahead and do his thing. Without those, yeah, like, t- role players, you, you're never going to – you can't just have, like, just bring, like, Declan Rice in and then, like, he'll fix everything. It's just not going to happen. 
You got to teach teach Fred how to get the ball and give it straight to Fernandez. And <laughs> I just want to point out too. I don't know if it's going to be a trend as well, but still no love for Donny, the poor bastard. Couldn't oh, even get into this week with a new coach this week. So you one matter will yeah one matter will play in the Champions League, and so will nice. Donny. Get excited! Yeah, but it's oh, dead rubber. That. So it's it's exactly. Just, I want him to play an playing. actual match that matters. Um, Barney, cool your Jets, but we do have Norwich and Brentford coming up. So just keep an eye on that title push as well. Oh, <laughs> from who? From United? Manchester United. Yeah, Ranyard's, oh. Ranyard's army. Oh, so there's no way Brentford will get there. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to an actual world-class manager. And Antonio Conte, Tottenham 3, Norwich. Put him to the sword. Absolutely. What a win for the boys. I'm buzzing about it. I don't know what you boys thought, but I thought it was a uh, pretty similar performance. Did you get so excited you muted yourself just then? Yeah, I think you did, mate. You want to try that again? (laughs) I hit hit a new frequency. I didn't didn't want to put it through through the uh, the ear holes of everyone listening. Tottenham's operating at a new level. Yeah. Yeah, Um, No, buddy, that goal from Lucas Moira had me out of my seat. That was unbelievable. (laughs) That was as good as Mason Mounts, but... Still oh, pretty good. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, that I reckon that's up there for goal of the season. Nah. It honestly was, the performance was like maybe 10% better than like last week, but it was also just playing like a worse team. Helps a lot as well. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think there was anything, apart from like the loose Morrick goal, there wasn't anything outstanding that happened in the game. Like Sun still looks like the biggest threat going forward. Um Morris still doing work on the right side. Harry Kane couldn't buy a goal. Um, but I was actually very impressed with Skip again. He's been really solid in the center for us. And I think he's been probably one of our best players and most consistent players all season. Um, but yeah, not, nothing super exciting in this game. Oh, I think, Barn, for for me, Spurs are slowly turning their, their season around and turning it to a point where you're like, Hmm, actually, I think they could really, really do something here. Like if you think about it, they've been they've been bashed a fair bit this season. Uh, the change manager, Conte's publicly come out and said, we're just not good enough. We've got a lot, a lot of work to do. But at the end of the day, they're fifth um, and your boy Harry Kane hasn't yet started a game. So I think once he starts and starts scoring goals, you've just got so much upside. Like if you look at West Ham, like they're, they're playing at their best now. Like they're not going to get any better. Um, and you, you're only um, two points behind them. Do you know what I mean? And and I think like you know Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, they're not going to play any better than they are. They're just going to keep going the, the way that they are. Arsenal, similar thing, where I think they're at their level right now where they're going to go as well as they are going to go. Whereas I think Spurs just got so much upside. Once Harry Kane starts scoring goals, I think he can do some real damage. Yeah, I think that's like what Antonio Conte wants to instill in the squad is like it's going to take time. He needs, he needs to teach him like discipline and a winning mentality, which is, you know, very hard to teach at Tottenham. Um, and like those two things are going to take time. And, yeah, that's probably why it's been a very gradual, gradual like improvement week to week and and just like 5% every week getting better and better. I mean, that NS Mirror game was a bit of a, a blip on the radar. Um, and I think when he came out, he's probably pretty right in what he said. But like, yeah, it's just... It's it is a it is a week to week improvement and it's probably been very good as well that his reign has sort of started when we've had a lot of easy fixtures as well like a lot of the bottom sides we're playing sort of like what United's run coming up it Ranier, now is yeah it's like good gonna be good for Ranier because he's gonna get a bunch of easier games to start off in and that's what Conte's had it's probably been good for him to just work with the squad like using in this some of these easier games and not have too much pressure on him early. It's um not too much no not too much disrespect to Tottenham, but it actually blows my mind that they're in uh in fifth place st- at the moment. Like unreal with the with the game in hand, no less. I think do they like just give an extra point to Tottenham each week just to keep them chugging along? Because it's that's what it feels like. Like I, I I just keep checking the ladder and they like go up a spot and they haven't even played a game. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's, so- it's crazy. Yeah, they go up and Harry Kane hasn't scored a goal in the league, and it's just so weird. Technically, yeah, we so. could go into Champions League spot if once we play our, our catch-up game, which yeah. is insane. That but is, but you, you must be nervous, Barney, with um, a massive fixture in the Conference League coming up this week against Wren. Yeah, well, we could be out of the Conference League if we uh, don't win this, and <laughs> we have to win it by three goals. Best yeah. thing that could happen to you, honestly. <laughs> it would be, yeah. 
<laughs> probably the, the probably the favourites for the conference league getting knocked out in the group stage. Yeah, in its instead first of those year. Thursday night trips to Uzbekistan, you could just focus on something else. Just running at the training ground. That's what it would be. If we get knocked Pizza out of that. Of training. Can you imagine how much running they would do if they get knocked out of the conference league? They'll be running for days. I feel so, I feel sorry for the boys. You'd have you'd have a lot of injuries, I'd say. Speaking of injuries uh, and self-deprecation and suspensions and excuses, let's move on to uh, Aston Villa 2, Leicester City 1. Sean, you take the floor here. Tell me why Leicester are doing what they're doing. <sighs> Well, I think uh, definitely their small squad hurt them uh, oh, this week. <laughs> no, we covered that last year. Yeah. We got that one. Yep. I'm just yep. going to record you saying it. We'll play it next week as well. No, I, I honestly do think that that, that hurt. Um, Leicester like tried to make a couple of changes this week. Daka come in, Vardy come out, um, Drewsbury Hall can't come in, Samare um, came out, Harvey Barnes come in this week as well. But nice little goal by Harvey Barnes opened up his body. Uh, to get the boys away. But, yeah, Liverpool – oh, Liverpool. Um, Villa looked too good um, in the end and really deserved their, their points and it could have been more. Like I think Leicester got a couple of calls which I was like, oh, that could go easy either way really. But, um, yeah, I think they – I think the right – especially on the Casper Michael decision. Um, what do you boys think on that? I probably think it was the right decision, but I could see it being given the other way as well. After hearing the rule – come out where they're like it's either like two hands or his hand against Grounded. the ground once it's like stopped then it's in control after hearing that i was like um okay i'm sort of okay with it before that i was like oh it should be a goal but casper i don't know do you reckon it actually hurt his hand or it was just he was just bunging it on because the way yeah. he kicked his hand is like exactly how you'd stop a ball so i'm like it I don't know if he would have actually hurt his hand that well, much. Well, so Casper was saying um, in the post-match interview when they were asking about it, he was saying, I wasn't appealing for to say that I had the ball under control. He said, I was appealing to say that they, he kicked my hand, so it's a foul. That's what he was actually saying. But so, he, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the, the mix-up there was. I wasn't, but, I wasn't disappointed that it went the way it did. Yeah, I think I think in the end it was right. But, um, yeah, I could see it being given the other way. But I suppose the other thing um, is that, um, like just because um, I support Leicester, I, I don't want to focus on them too much. But I thought Villa were actually really good. And um, since Stevie G's come in, I, like they actually genuinely look like a, a new team. So he's won three of the last four um, since he, so since he's been in charge. He's had four games. He's won three of them. The only loss come against Man City, which. In reality, everyone's going to get They kept it respectable, as yeah. we said. They Sean, should try. I thought, the, <laughs> I thought the first half from both teams was pretty poor, to be honest. But um, I was watching it before, like just before the pod, and I thought the second half from Aston Villa was much improved. Yeah. Like, and that's where that, they, they just started that, cutting that, you to shreds. I agree. I think so. What are they They now? They are like mid-table. Um, Jumped above you. Tenth, tenth at the moment. But I think they'll finish much higher than that. If you if you look at their second half performances since Stevie's come in, they've all been like really good compared to their first halves. Like they one against against City last week, they were smacked in the first half, and they came in the second half and like probably outplayed City. And they're like obviously Stevie really revs them up at halftime and and um and gives them a bit of the hairdryer treatment. But um, I think as well noticing in that game, Villa seem to be like a team that you don't want to face because they're. They'll kick you. They'll like yeah. shove you off the ball. They'll do all the dirty stuff, like within the rules within the rules yeah. of the game. But like they're like annoying. It's like playing West Ham, right? They're it is tough, and yeah. you got to grind them down. And that's what I think. Like Stevie G is trying to instill in that team as well. And it's it's good to see for them because obviously it's working. Yeah, I, like just typical Leicester. I'm um, coming off um, last last week's uh, like point, and then the week before that a win. So so far this season, five wins, four draws. Six losses, so very up and down. So this is very consistent with them. The only thing is that um, you can bet your house on is next week they'll probably win because they are playing Newcastle at home. So that's the only saving grace. Whereas uh, Villa, off to Liverpool. So Halsey, the prodigal son, oh, returns. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great uh, pre-match. Bible sure. reference there, job. Didn't get it. But I did I did notice that this was Stevie G from Rangers versus Brendan Rodgers, formerly of Celtic. I did like that. A little bit yeah. of a tone before the game. End of but Liverpool. Yeah. but yeah. I, I just want to, like, is Brendan Rodgers starting to feel a little bit of heat here? Like, because they, they've got, like, the fourth worst defence in the comp, but some of the performances have been pretty shit. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's got too much goodwill in the bank. 
And if he'd spent a bunch of cash, yeah, we might be having a different conversation, but they haven't given him a lot of resources. Um, and I think the expectations are much lower at Leicester. So, no, I don't think he is yet. Yeah, yeah I, I think you go, Barn. I was going to say, I think, yeah, I think he's got a, a lot longer because of all the previous good work he's done. But, yeah, it's it, you got to, if you look at the position on the table, you're like, yeah, that's not good. Uh, and then, but yeah, the performances themselves have been probably even worse than what is reflected on the table. Like some of those, like, def- like especially defensively, it's just like uh, shambles. And yeah, you've got like injuries. Fafana's out for the season and, and you've had to bring Vestergaard in late and, and some other key injuries in there. But like you sort of, you had that all last season as well, right? And you still looked much better defensively and, and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I don't know, I just... It is worrying for me, but I think Brendy's got a lot more time to work on that than some other managers. You know what? I I, I don't want to harp on about him too much because I know I, I bash on him a bit, but um, that I think it was the second goal at the back post. It was Soinchu again, sort of turtlenecked it, didn't didn't want to jump for it, and that snuck in. Um, so, how good was that header though? Like down low into like Casper's the, the gap the between foot? the knee and the post. Like that yeah, was a really yeah. good header. Could have been avoided, but um, yeah, I just he's suspect again. He's suspect. Uh, and Job, you had him a dark horse, um, similar to the the Euros, um, the Turkish, yeah. yeah, to keep a clean yeah, sheet. T- so dark horse <laughs> keep a clean sheet. So no good. He's he's gone so far backwards. It is outrageous. Like t- a year and a half ago, you'd be like, yeah, he could go anywhere. Like he could pick his club. And now you're like, have, have a look at the FA Cup final. And have a look at his game there, and then and then ask him who is this guy now? Well, they've replaced him. He's gone yeah. missing. United were yeah. probably lining it's up as an eighty million pound bid for him. All right. Oh, that, really, that, mate? Well, that's that's like, that's oh, got one on the career. <laughs> that, that'll that will do with the APL. You got Everton Arsenal tomorrow, so that will be a boring game. So don't worry about getting up for that one. And uh, we'll move straight on to the Champions League. So we've got some exciting fixtures coming up. And the first one we want to look at here is Ajax versus Sporting Jobber. Yeah, Sam. So this group is on a knife edge. So Ajax have won all five games and they're through. But a bit of a narrative here. So Sporting, if they win, they're through. If they draw, they're through. But if Dortmund can turn around a 10-goal goal differential. <laughs> I thought you said a knife edge. Win yeah. the game. They can do it. Well, they've got Haaland. I don't know. If you're, if you're Dortmund, do you go for it? So if you say Sporting will lose by two goals, then you've only got to make up six could the corrupt be, refs will get them, Mario. <laughs> could this be yeah, after last week? Could this be time to put some respect on the name of uh, of Harland? So it, <laughs> yeah, is is Bellingham going to come out after the game when they only win five nil and Sporting lose two 0 and say like, oh, the corrupt refs are the reason we didn't score yeah, seven if, past if the shit they get through, do you, you have to wonder if he talked to the corrupt ref after the game. <laughs> Most likely. All right. Next one we got here is uh, Liverpool's group. So we've got Porto, Atletico Madrid, and Milan, Liverpool. So Milan is still a chance of qualifying, aren't they, Jobba? Yeah, so Barney, everyone is a chance of qualifying in this group. So Porto's got five points, Milan have four points, and so do Atletico Madrid. The goal difference for all of them, so Atletico is bottom of the group with minus three. Milan wow. is third with minus two. Porto is actually second, but their goal differential is minus five. Jesus. So, yeah, this one's on an interesting knife edge because Porto will play Atletico. So this one is like a genuine winner could go through type scenario. And Milan have Liverpool. But if Milan, if Milan beat Liverpool, then they should go through theoretically unless Porto win. But like it's just so... Yeah, so Porto, if Porto simple, win, it ruins, it ruins it for me. Yeah, it's as simple as that, Job. Simple as that. Basically, <laughs> yeah, everyone goes through games are a draw. and you don't know what you're doing. If, right? both the ga- if both the games are a draw, then Porto should go through. With a minus rains, five obviously. goal differential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless it rains on the third Sunday. That's hilarious. Um, but it's, it's so and so why haven't you mentioned Liverpool? They already qualified? <laughs> Liverpool qualified in a yes. canter. No, no, I just want... Oh, I just wanted to hear you say it. Yep. Yeah, no. Well, Undefeated. they're qualified, but let's move on to the next one. I'll tell you who else is qualified. Barney, no intro there. So, all right. So, next group is... Um, <laughs> no, no. You said, said I'll tell you. His group is group yeah. E. So, Barcelona will take Let me on, tell you something. I don't know. <laughs> Barcelona take on Bayern Munich. And if Barcelona beat Bayern, they'll go through. But Benfica played Dynamo Kiev. So I don't know if Barcelona can get anywhere near the Bayern Munich reserves because on the weekend they were no shot. Chance. They were real no bad. No chance. 
They're um, closer to the, they're closer to nah, the relegation Barcelona spot. Barcelona won't beat Bayern. Not even the reserves, because Bayern are obviously through. Nah. Not even the under-18s. Nah. <laughs> All right. So Group F, obviously, this is probably the group of death, I believe it was called. So we've got one team qualified from the group of death. Halsey, can you name who that is? Uh, no, Liverpool aren't in the group of, aren't in Group F. I think they're in like... Uh, the group of F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, Manchester uh, United qualified, obviously, with those 10 oh, points United in the 10 Champions goals League, scored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Just 10 points are. in the but, group of death. Huh. Yeah, unbelievable to get through. But this one's actually got a cracking fixture, probably the match of the round. So VRL on seven points are a second, and Atalanta are on six points in third. So the goal difference is pretty tight. Basically, the winner of this one goes through. Um, and obviously, Unai Emery and his VRL boys will be up for it. But Atalanta, they have a, quite a few injuries, and their league form is improving. But yeah, this is probably the match of the round as far as like actual permutations for the whole group. And who's last in that group? Young boys. <laughs> so, Sean, no bad news. You're saying goodbye <laughs> to young boys. <laughs> Jam that one in there. Moving and on. the last, the last group we got here: uh, Job Wolfsburg versus Lille, and RB Salzburg versus Sevilla. And I think is everyone a possibility of qualifying here as well? Sam, this is an absolute Christmas pudding. Everyone can qualify out of this group. So Lille is top of the group with eight points. RB Salzburg have seven. Sevilla have six. Wolfsburg have five. But Wolfsburg have to make up a pretty significant goal differential, so they're minus three. But I think if they win against Lille, they go level on points. So they need to swing that goal difference. And then (laughs) RB Salzburg can go through with a draw. Obviously, if Sevilla win, they go through. So that, that group is genuinely on a knife edge. So, question for you then, Job. Which game are you watching on the in the morning? That that is a difficult ask. I think on Wednesday <laughs> morning, Wednesday morning, I'll tune into probably Porto Atletico Madrid. Yep, good call. And then Thursday Thursday morning, we'll be flicking between Wolfsburg, Lille, and RB Salzburg, Sevilla, because that's got that double yeah, permutation. Makes going sense. On Maybe there. get it up on two screens. Is your yeah, account and then that? on Friday. Uh, no, that's illegal, mate. Um, <laughs> but on Friday, I'll be sleeping in because the conference league's on. Yeah, smart. Get your rest up for the Premier League. <laughs> Big week of Premier League. Like the boys were pressing at Palace and I'm exhausted watching them. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, that'll do it for the uh, for the games. Job, how's that mailbag? Is it still dry? Dry, yep, nothing. Move on. <laughs> oh, God. You've really oh, got to find that up. password, mate. Fucking hell, that's a joke. <laughs> All right, where can they find us? Um, you can find me on my new cryptocurrency blog. Um, <laughs> no, so email footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook footballplayedonpaper, Instagram at footballonpaper, Twitter at footballonpods. Nice work, boys. Well, uh, all the best. And uh, until next time. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. <laughs> <laughs>